Welcome to Bite Size Dental Marketing. Today I have Mallory Files. Mallory, are you going to take a bite of marketing? I am. I am. Ready? Three, two, one. (laughs) Perfect. Mallory, you work at Maven Financial, which I love. Uh, I love Jessica. She's amazing. She handles, you know, most of our clients' money and definitely mine personally. Kristen scares me, but equally amazing. Um, You know, tell me a little bit about what you do for Maven. I know you're in operations and marketing, but I don't know what that means. Yeah. So I worked for Maven since 2022, the very beginning of 2022, and I kind of evolved into our marketing and operations gal, um, our onboarding queen. I onboard all of our clients. I, uh, operationally, I, I work on sales meetings. I mean, I run our sales. I run all things sales. I feel like sometimes except for the actual sales calls, Kristen, the scary girl does that. Just kidding. She's actually very great. Um, and yeah, I've kind of turned into all things marketing and just trying to get folks in the door mm-hmm. and, and, and closing them. So yeah. What's the most challenging part of onboarding a client? Ooh, okay. The, the most challenging part of onboarding a client is sometimes they can be unresponsive and that is a little bit difficult because we have a timeline and, and we want to get these people in the door on the ground running um, with their monthly or quarterly meetings within a month of them signing. And so it takes a while to be able to do that. So when they're unresponsive, I'm like, please respond to me. I need to get your financials. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we, yeah. I think every organization has some similar event around onboarding. Paradoxically, oftentimes client responsiveness is the biggest challenge to getting them onboarded, but they will forget that it was their lack of response when they don't get onboarded properly. And then in 45 days, they're like, when are we going to get started? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Have you checked your inbox? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The world over, the world over. Today, we were going to talk about marketing funnels and the importance of moving someone through a funnel. I would love to hear your take on what that means. Okay. So many moons ago, I worked for a nonprofit marketing firm in Northwest Arkansas. And this is where I learned a good portion of what I am going to be talking about today. And it has stuck with me because... I think it works not only for nonprofits, but it kind of works across the board. So with any company, any brand, um, you need a funnel to move people from unaware and not caring all the way down to a referral or what we talked about earlier, brand champion. (laughs) So going from unaware, don't care down to stranger danger and then into cautiously curious and then a customer, a repeat customer. And then even better, somebody who refers out. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you move people from one section to the other with an irresistible invitation. And so that can look totally different, dependent upon your industry, um, your brand, all the things. But when you are unaware and you don't really care about this company, about this brand, um, you might come across them social media through an influencer uh, through ads, whatever that is. And then, and the awareness, um, 
the stranger, stranger danger, if you will, you'll see them again, maybe through social media. Um, you might have subscribed to their email list. Um, and then moving on, moving down. Yeah. Uh, uh, before you jump on, I find the unaware don't care and stranger danger, you know, the big chunks of the funnel. Uh-huh. I find those are mostly defined as you're probably being marketed to unsolicited. Like yeah. you're watching YouTube and you see yep. a video of them come across and you don't really care, but somewhere you registered, you saw a video or you were watching YouTube and you saw a before and after of a patient testimonial, or you just saw a video of them on Facebook, but you don't really follow the page because you know it was an ad. Right. So, so somewhere you kind of registered that you saw it, but it didn't really click of like, I don't think you had a point of need to tie it back to, you know, dentistry or the med spa. Like, I wasn't right. looking for this service. I, I great. It's out there, but I don't really, I don't really care. Yeah. But, but I, you did somewhere in the subconscious, you did register that you saw this, this brand, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it takes people 12 times, like seeing you or something in order to engage. It's somewhere between company. seven and 12, the, the, yeah. the, depending on, I think the market and, 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 you know, the demographic and, and socioeconomics you're dealing mm-hmm. with somewhere between seven and 12, but yeah, typically that's, that's correct. That is like a crazy, crazy mm-hmm. amount. And mm-hmm. honestly, a little bit intimidating. I don't know. Still well, now, have you bought anything on Instagram? No, I haven't because I mm. refuse. I refuse. I'm like, it will not work. It will not work it for me. It didn't work until it did. <laughs> well, oh, what, what was your first purchase? Um, you know, Chubby's, the brand of shorts, the men's. No. Uh-huh. No. Well, they feature these dads in like very dad bod sort of shorts and being <laughs> silly. Like, no. you know, like with their kids and they'll have like a matching swimwear for the kids or something like that. But it's, it's, they're these like trendy, you know, shorts that have these really fun prints on them, like flamingos or sharks. And the marketing campaigns are super on point with like quirky and silly. And I saw them and at some point I was like, I'm going to check them out. And I love it. I mean, I, that's the only shorts I wear now are chubbies. And oh, they got uh, you good. They got they me got good. good. No, I'm, I'm a thousand dollars in. No question. No <laughs> oh question. my God, dude. Yeah. Yeah. No question. Dollars. And no then shame. another one is uh Bellroy. Never that, heard of that. You know, I, I travel a fair amount and I didn't even know what a tech case was. I didn't even know I needed a tech case, but I have this amazing uh, Bellroy tech kit. That's yay big. Uh-huh. And it has my chargers and cables and, and uh, my battery pack you know, for my iPad and phone and stuff. And like, I don't have to like hunt around for cables when I travel. I just grab my tech kit and like drop it in my pack. What? I didn't even know I needed it. And now I have one. I bought those and I was targeted on Instagram. I assume because I travel and I, you know, and I'm a dad that's obviously very cool and stylish and, you know, hip. Oh yeah. 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 So it, it has worked on me, but I will tell you, I definitely saw both a number of times in different creative and different ads, but smart marketing there. It definitely works. Okay. Unaware, don't care at the time. Unaware, don't care. Mm-hmm. Stranger danger. And again, yep. I think you're in push marketing, right? Like, yep. You're, you're out there. Okay. 
you're getting into cautiously curious. That's next. Yep. Okay. Yep. At cautiously curious. You've shown some intent. You've mm -hmm. you're visiting a site. You're googling dentist near me or some the the specific treatment. Yep. Am I on track? Like you're watching a you video are. of a patient testimonial through to its end, or at least yes, to get the meat of it. I see. Okay. Yes. Yes. And for Maven, um, I would say this is us at a speaking engagement, mm -hmm. like at AMSPA or at a vet veterinary conference, speaking on finances or on a webinar or something, something like that. Um, yeah. Now, I think from cautiously curious, though, there's a phone call that becomes customer, right? Like that's the, in our yeah. industries, that is typically the the impetus of now I am, I'm calling to, to book a consultation or an appointment or, or some form of, I'm physically coming to the office, correct? Correct. Yes. Or booking online or however mm -hmm. folks book with you. Yes. And moving those customers or those potential customers from that cautiously curious to a customer, I think is like often kind of the hardest, the hardest thing to do, the scariest thing to do. I think it's, I think moving someone from cautiously curious to a customer is the, if your funnel look pr pretty good here, it, it, it definitely slides in uh -huh. awfully aggressive at this stage. Yes. Sure does. Yes. Yeah. Now, what are you seeing is some of the best practices to get someone through cautiously curious, like you, you mentioned an irresistible invitation. What, what does that mean to become a, a customer from cautiously curious? So I think there are a variety of ways that, that you can do this dependent upon your, your industry, but maybe for a med spa or for a dentist practice, um, it might look like offering um, some type of deal um, mm. off, Something, you know, something like that. Um, but I would say be careful with that because oftentimes, and what I've, what I've heard is, is, you know, those like 10 percenters, like 10% off. Mm -hmm. Is that really going to get people like through your door, like 10%? Probably I, I do not like discounting services for anyone for any reason. That is a good, and you know, we do that. We don't discount our services at, yeah. at Maven, period, point blank. And you know, coming from a place that that is what we like did to get people in the door. I think there is a fine line, though. I think I think you could if you if you needed people to to get in the door for the right reason. Mm -hmm. But sure. I think a general rule is to not do it unless it's intentional. Don't just I would agree. throw it out there. Yeah, I I think it is a. It's September and my chair is empty, and I it's a slow period, and I want to. You know, I, I'm there now. I would only do it for specific treatments. I would never just yeah. say fifty percent off, or I would right. never do a new patient special of you know twenty nine dollars or something. I, I and I know I know a lot of offices do it. I just do not like it. Oh, tell me I, why. I want to hear why. I, I I think you're beginning your relationship in a deficit. Mm. I think that by 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 Mallory needing a twenty nine dollar new patient special or a fifty nine dollar new patient special to come in. I actually think the chances of you accepting treatment are very, very small. I would rather you pay the 200 or 300 or 400 or whatever the initial visit is. And then I would rather deal with you after you accept treatment with me. Hey, Mallory, you have an amazing smile, but you know, you said you wanted uh, to get six prepless veneers on the top of your teeth. 
Um, usually they're $2,000 a tooth, but, but again, I, I very much enjoyed working with you. I, I, I love the review you wrote. Thank you so much for that. I, I can do it for $9,000 because I, I know that it's a big investment for you. I would rather do that if I were going to discount services than have to discount you on the beginning. Because I think if you came in because you got a $59 new patient special, right. the chance of moving you to meaningful treatment is very, very small. Yeah. And I would just rather not deal with the hassle. Yeah, yeah I think that's mm -hmm. fair. And I think it's also understanding like your industry and and what will work in your industry. Sure. I definitely agree that for something like that, heck no, no way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No way. Becoming a customer is, is, you know, you, you, you have to call, you have to fill out new patient paperwork, you have to show up. I think one of the things that people, and, and I do, I think this is the trickiest transition of your, you know, irresistible invitations Mm -hmm. is I went from being curious to having not a lot of skin in the game to now I'm trying to become a customer. Like I find that that new patient journey, at least on the dental side is you have to show value even through the new patient process of, Hey, Mallory, Dr. You know, Jessica is setting aside specifically for you. And, you know, I'm, t I'm going to brief her on what we've talked about on this phone call. So she's ready to talk to you in the next couple of days. And, I, she's going to call you the night before the, the, the new patient appointment to kind of talk mm -hmm. to you about, about what your paperwork and like, even though, and I, and I think the most powerful thing a doctor can do, by the way, is call the new patients the night before they come in. Yep. That's um, a good one. I love it because I am, I'm, I'm showing that I care about you as a person person and I'm, I'm making that transition through the hardest part of the funnel, just yeah. a little bit easier on you. Yeah, yeah, calls and emails and uh, gift like gifts even. Uh, that was really more specific to like to the nonprofit industry, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but yeah, stuff like that that is like a huge change in moving them down even further. Yeah, because no one else is doing it, right? Uh, it, fill, no, fill, nobody fill, else. Fill out your paperwork. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, Bye. yeah, that's what you get. Bye. Yeah, yeah. I got to I got to answer the next call. Yeah, exactly. What do you think are the big factors in moving someone from a customer to a repeat customer and, you know, the reappointment? Now, I know on the med spa, it's a little bit different, but but talk me through the, the, the med spa experience of making sure when someone becomes a repeat customer. Okay. So have you ever heard the saying, like, people only write reviews, like, on the polar sides, like, if they mm -hmm. had, like, a really, really good experience or a really, really bad experience? And not really like in the center, like you have, I've heard, you know, I've heard top 5% and bottom 15 to yes. come up with 20. Yes. Yes. So I have spent some time. I'm like, why, what, what is it going to take to get these people in this middle portion to, to write a review or to come back? I mean, mm -hmm. if you're not like in that top 5%. Um, and honestly, I think, there, you know, you can incentivize carefully because there are some laws and rules around um, saying, oh, I'll offer 5%, 10%, whatever off if you write us a review. That's illegal. So don't do that. Yeah, I, would, I would not do that. On don't ever principle. do that. Yeah, don't do that. Um, but I think it, it's a, a lot about follow up as well. I think that that is the, the most important thing because then people will forget about you. And um, I think it can just be a simple, simple answer here. The follow up. It's all in the follow-up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like it 
when doctors call patients the night of to make sure they're doing okay. I like it when the office falls up, falls up a day or two after, Hey, this is, this is what you can expect right now. This, you know, is everything going according to plan? Call me back. This is my, you know, this is my personal number or this is my office, whatever it is directly. I like yeah. that a lot. And I, I think that high touch goes a long way. I, I think that, you know, we're talking about cautious securities to customer, customer to repeat. I, we live in a world to where everything is so automated. The review request is automated. And, and you know, anytime you go anywhere that like you get a, I'm sending you a text message to leave a review. I, and I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. But like, I am so much more likely when someone says, Hey, Mallory, I, listen, uh, there's going to be an automated message that texts you of how this review went. It's really important to me because I, actually that's one of the, the, key performance indicators that my boss looks at on my performance. Mm-hmm. And it it's, it it's nice to me for you to leave if you leave a review, but I don't want a good review. I want an honest review, Mallory. So make sure yeah, you stay good. honest. Now, I know that I'm saying the words, I don't want a good review. I want an honest one. But by saying that, I think mm-hmm. I increase the likelihood that you leave a good review. I think, you know, you talked about the 5% of people who leave positive reviews. I think the people who become brand champions are into the one or 2%. But I think if you can double it to three or four, I think that's a massive number because most offices, the referrals that come in come from about 7% of the total patients. So 7% of the patients make up about 80% of the total referrals. So it's not wow. even the 80-20 rule. It's like the 7-80 rule in, wow. in yeah. referrals. Well, also, yeah. I think I would just like kind of have you asked like are they are our offices just like asking or are they just assuming like oh they're not going to do it I, I mean the worst that somebody can say is no i i don't want to do that uh-huh. my favorite way to ask and Ooh, i want to yeah. tell you that i don't you know who does this to money is andre andre my business partner he he can get people to do basically anything he wants them to do with some jedi mind trick things oh i'm but, scared of him but, but he taught me this. He says, you know, Mallory, Mallory, it's been so amazing to see you today. Do you have a twin sister or someone just like you? Because you're the perfect patient and I would love to see more people just like you. And Boom. it's like this flatter and yes, sweet. Jedi and, mind trick. And you're like, yes, I have a list right here. And no, but, but he does have a lot of good success. And, and I think that's a really nice way to compliment someone as well as ask for a referral. But I think the easiest thing an office can do, a dental office, MedSpal can't do this, but like, do we have appointments on the books already for your family? And mm-hmm. I find that that's a very easy way mm-hmm. to pick up the family that is is lacking. Now, in MedSpals, I will tell you, we do not do a lot of marketing for MedSpals. Tell me the best practices there in building brand champions. So I would um, definitely capture before and afters. Definitely look at capturing your injectors, excellence, all the wonderful things that they do. And then third, you got to post it on social media um, <laughs> so that all your peeps can see it. I think that's amazing. I think that you've nailed it across the board. Could you could you summarize the the funnel and sort of some of the key points for us? Sure. Yes. Well, unaware and don't care and stranger danger kind of grouping those together. Those are like you'll see people you'll see brands or companies through ads or influencers kind of unsolicitedly as you said. 
Um, and then moving them into cautiously curious. Um, that might be from a webinar for Maven, specifically a speaking engagement. So moving somebody from cautiously curious, kind of honing them in with that biggest delta of the funnel, um, I think it all goes into their experience. So uh, a doctor or somebody from the office calling them the night before, and then moving right down to the next one of a repeat calling them afterwards. Um, and then the next, the last section of the funnel is a referral. So that might be, I would just say, asking uh, for a referral, even though I know industry standards are, are, are different. Um, and as Andre said, who I want to meet at this point, but also a little scared to meet him, um, kind of flattery, tell, asking if uh, a client has a twin because they would be the perfect uh, client. I think that is brilliant. But I think it's all in the ask and the follow-up. And yeah, that's how you move somebody from top to bottom in your funnel. It's hard work and it's intentional work and it takes, it takes a long time. So get a whiteboard. We um, used to whiteboard this kind of stuff all the time and get a bunch of sticky notes and what makes somebody move from one section to the next. And it, it, just, takes, it just takes a while and you're always um, A-B testing and trying and working through what works and what doesn't work. And so, yeah, and don't forget um, that you're, you know, aim small, miss small. So look at who your target audience is and really go after them. Like give them a name, give them an age, give them um, a story so that you can go after them and meet them where they are. That was wonderful. I, I will tell you, I do very much like the tip of drawing a funnel on a whiteboard and mm -hmm. listing out the actions of each section. And, and, you know, I, I like the sticky note of what moves the person from section to section and being very intentional about who owns it. And, and mm -hmm. who it is. I, I think that's a very important part of marketing is making sure that you know how the client journey of learning about you to booking an appointment to becoming a brand champion matters. And I think those little things really, really matter. And I like the ownership there, but Mally, this has been great. And I uh, thank you so much for your time. And that was your buy the dental marketing.